It's reconnecting. Are we live? Yeah. <laughs> so the point of doing these podcasts is so that uh, we would be able to have an opportunity to talk about what brought us to the point of what we're communicating on Sunday mornings. It's not going to be polished, as you may be able to tell. Yeah, it's going to be really polished. <laughs> it won't be perfect. My standard. <laughs> but we will... Uh, um, really be asking the question repeatedly, What what is the scripture we're looking at? What is the concept or the topic that we're looking at? What is it saying actually to each of us? And uh, how does it apply to us? Because we're, I know that I, and I think that we all are about not teaching out of what the things that we figured out or have mastered, but rather teaching and talking about the things that we're working on personally. And we seem to have no shortage of things that we need to work on. So hopefully this is helpful to listen in. And uh, if it's if it's not painful, non-painful, we'll keep on doing it. Yeah. And by the way, we are uh, pastors at Corner Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you are in Minneapolis, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, join the conversation on Sunday morning. Uh, my name's Greg. Uh, this is Scott. And Scott Zach. Warren. Yeah. Gordon Bombay. <sighs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't even know what that means. Mighty Ducks. Uh, but we're in a series of doing, we call it flip-flop week. So uh we're, so we have three communities, and we're going and sharing the same message three times at the three different communities, and we're doing a big rotation. So these next three podcasts are going to be each of our uh, messages that we wrote and just kind of our background and thought of uh, why we are sharing what we're sharing. So with the flip-flop week, opportunity for us to share uh, what's on our hearts or what we're really focused on, it's kind of a no-brainer for me uh, this past summer. Uh, my family and I, we were on the sabbatical, and one of the continual things that I was praying throughout our sabbatical was for some clear, refining, focused direction, some missional things to just bring before our church community. And one thing that I know is that uh, shared mission, hearing from God, uh, sharing what you hear from God can be a loaded or a corruptible thing. And we all carry baggage from that. People that have said, hey, I think the Lord told me something to tell you, and then they tell you something really weird. But I hope that, um, again, that our my searching for direction really brings some focus. And I really believe that 1 Corinthians 10, Paul is talking, and he talks about agreement with each other. Agree with one another and what you say, have no divisions among you. And I don't think that's a moment of watering things down or just saying yes to everything, but rather uh, working together together. Uh, Compromising, yes, but also um, coming together. The things that are said should be unifying, not necessarily uh, disparaging or dis splitting people up. So that's the goal in our this vision. And the words that really came to heart and mind were local, early, and together. And so I've really been processing this. <clears throat> and I just want to bring a, a couple of things today. One of the we ask dialogue questions in our services, and I just want to just talk about maybe even hear from you guys what the what you think about these questions because the first question that I'm going to ask is what is more dangerous not knowing what to do or trying to do everything and I think it's I, I can already predict you guys conversations in this or what you would say but um, uh, I don't know what do you think what is more dangerous and why actually I, I think they're both so dangerous but what is most dangerous or more dangerous and why knowing what to do or not knowing what to do or trying to do everything I would say, for me, it feels like a no-brainer. It's not knowing what to do is more dangerous. <laughs> I feel like 
spend so much of my life trying to figure out what to do next. That, uh, <laughs> like, and that leads to wanting to do everything, right? Yeah. Trying to do everything, but I think when we think about like balance. There's this ideal balance that we think about, and we don't have even like a really good definition for what balance looks like. But whenever we're on one side or the other, trying to do everything or like not knowing what to do, that means there's some lack of balance in my life. I don't have a direction. I don't have a goal. So I'm trying to find it. I'm doing all the things I can to try and find it. Or I have no idea what it is. And it hmm. it puts me in a, a frozen state of not doing anything. I think it has to do with we don't have a goal. We don't have a direction. We're stuck either doing all the stuff or doing none of the stuff. I do both. <laughs> yeah, I, I really quickly, I have no problem knowing what to do or knowing things to do. My issue is really goes into trying to do too much no. or to not being too focused. That's I wrong. know. I know that's very surprising to stuff. you. <laughs> For those of you listening, Scott, if you need something done, uh, feel free to call the number at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Scott will come and help. Yes. 612, I'll do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, I want, in communicating vision, refining vision, focus of who we are, not just as a church, as an entity, but as the church, as individuals, I think it's important to understand that vision is important, not only as a thing that tells us what to do, but also a a thing that tells us what not to do or refines us from doing everything. And hopefully we can really verbalize that on Sunday. Then the, the next thing that I want to process and the thing that I really dealt with is the want to effect. So you have mission or vision, and then it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I want to do that. And then I have I spent like I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes writing down all the want to phrases that mean absolutely nothing. Like someone might say, I want to get in shape they don't get in shape or I want to run a marathon, but, I, my hand. <laughs> but I would never go running or I want to save money, but I just spent $155 at target or I want to make more friends, but I keep watching Netflix. The want to effect is, I mean, it's literally, I think I have, I don't know, 20 things written down here of it's so easy to want to, but then we all understand what it is to want to and not do anything. And <clears throat> it just pushed me to, a complicated question is well, really two part question. What is the power of want, but also how does want lose its power? And I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see what people say because uh, I don't, I don't know if I really understand these things. Why are there some things that I really want that I plow through and would do no matter what? Is it because I really want it? And why are there things that I want that I don't? And I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what, what people respond to that. Cause again, if we're talking about vision, we can't just lead vision to want to, it's got to go farther. Want hmm. hmm. is interesting because it can stay the same for us. And our want seems to, even if our level of desire stays the same, our external circumstances seem to have a lot of effect. If I want something and it doesn't cost me a lot to get it, it's a lot easier for me to go for it. Whereas if I want something that's going to cost me a ton I have a lot more reservation or I go up through a lot more planning to go that way. Hmm. That, for me, the power of want doesn't lie within itself, but really the external factors that come against it, the things you have to work through to get there. Hmm. At what point does want turn into have to? Yeah. Cause like part of me feels like 
the things that I've actually done were things that to some degree I had to do, whether it was like the church planting and all that stuff. I just, it could have been want to forever, but then it wouldn't have really meant anything. Yeah. I, I was really wrestling with the delegated want to as well as not, not very powerful when a manager says, let me tell you the, the one thing that you should want to do today at work doesn't necessarily lead to anything. And Christians are really great at telling other Christians what they should want to do and not want to do. And that doesn't necessarily lead to any change. And so I, I think this is good groundwork in thinking through mission, vision, things that are refining or focusing is to talk about the, the importance of vision and focus and being confined or being directed but also then moving beyond just something that we would say, oh, yeah, I want to do that moving farther. And so just I just briefly talk a little bit about each of them. Uh, local is the first one. I just really feel as the body of Christ. This is sure this is a corner church thing, but I think this is the reason it really resonates with me is because I don't feel it's should be just confined to just our church community. But I this is actually what I'm struggling with in sharing on Sunday is that I have the pile of scriptures for each of these things. And I think the scriptural background is important, uh, but reconnecting. <clears throat> I, I think of James' words primarily with local, that if you claim to have faith but have no deeds, what, what is it? Brother or sister is without clothing and daily food, and you come out and you say, ah, go, peace, keep warm and well-fed. Again, I, the key phrase in this for me is that when a brother or sister is without, so this is somebody that's close, it's connected to you that you have a relationship with, and the thing that's like motivates me and like digs deep in me is that uh, loving people without seeing them or caring about people without ever having contact with them, helping people without ever knowing them, relationship with people without ever knowing them is it's fake. And for some reason, we think about as you know, followers of Christ, it's so easy to say, I, I invest in all kinds of things and people that I never know. And um, the repetitive nature of neighbor, of brother, sister, of um, the people that in scripture, people were interacting with people close by uh, should lead us to invest in people that are, are close. I think it, I wrote down this phrase, I think this is like a, a screen thing. Um, it is possible to do things and feel good about it and add no value and have it meet no needs when it's not local. It is impossible to do things and feel good about it when it's somebody in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, why are you doing this? I don't want this. Don't do this to me. Uh, local is important to get. It's really risky because you get immediate feedback because it's better. feels a lot better to not get feedback. I gave that organization money. They loved it. They used it for good things. I feel good about myself. And so I think local is a, pushes us from our service being selfish to being something that actually makes an impact. Early. Again, pile of scripture. But this is, uh, I, again, there's so many things, but do not withhold good is in Proverbs 3. Do not hold, withhold good from those whom it is due. Uh, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. 
the idea of early is kind of the it's the antithesis of the transformers. We were talking about Optimus Prime voice earlier, or we need tie here. Tie here, yes. Ghostbusters, like everything cinematic, it goes through this process of life is happening. There's an adverse thing that is underneath the surface that nobody realizes that's coming to power. As soon as it's discovered, uh, it's too late to do anything about it unless there is a, a hero that comes in. The hero comes in, does something supernatural or super uh, unexpected or unusual, saves the day. And then um, after the day has been saved, it, the, the adverse thing is already at work in the background to quietly get ahead and and attack again. And I think that is a good movie to watch. But when we do that as Christians, like, ah, here's a last minute need. I'm going to swoop in and save the day. I don't think that's realistic. I think we usually fail at that. And, uh, and I don't think that's good. It's not faithful as a friend to just be the one who swoops in at the last minute. And so, yeah, just wrestling with moving from being a superhero, which is all about me, to being an early helper. Instead of saying, oh, no, your marriage has fallen apart. You're separated. Let me invest in uh, help you with counseling or whatever, which is important to do that. But what if we invested in a marriage long before that? It's funny. So you talk about hero, and that's a lot of what I've been working on. My message is around this idea of being the hero. And one phrase that kept coming up as I was reading stuff was the you should people, like hmm. the people that have great intentions and but yeah. have an opinion about your situation all the time and how terrible that feels to have everyone have an opinion about your situation, but nobody is <laughs> walking with you yeah. through it. Yeah. And so that, yeah. What's interesting about early is the most important things for early feel like you might not be doing something. To be yeah. the last minute hero feels great. You know you've accomplished something, but to be part of let's attack this thing early, whatever it is, you might go for a long time doing something meaningful and it doesn't feel meaningful. You might question, am I making a difference? Is this doing anything because I can't see it? And that's the whole purpose of early. Not, It's not all encompassing, but if you don't feel like you're doing something, you might be doing something meaningful. Yeah. Zach's asking those questions because he turns 30. Yeah. Am I doing anything? Yeah. Life is over now. <laughs> if anyone wants to contribute uh, to my casket fund. <laughs> Sorry, that was too dark. No, that's good. Well, I think the, the keeping score becomes so important to us. And if if you invest in some a, a family with little kids early before there's like I get family breakdown. You invest in a, uh, I guess, instead of saying, you know, I see that I have some indications that you're feeling a little suicidal. You know, th those are great moments to step in because you need me. But what if you go a year or two years before that when somebody is just some bad habits or patterns in life would invest or care or would listen to somebody who's not like, I need somebody to talk to tonight or I'm taking my life. Okay, I'll be there. But if somebody says, I need somebody to talk to because I just, I'm confused and say, well, let me know when things are really bad. It's what a yeah. bad I. One, one question that comes up for me in this whole idea of early is as a culture, we often do live our lives as though we're in movies, not because of anything other than that's how we're wired as a culture. And how do we make that shift where we, 
when we're not even noticing ahead of time, start doing those investments. Because it's yeah. hard to notice in a moment when someone's sharing a little thing that doesn't seem to be crisis. We wait till the crisis because that's what our culture does. We wait until things get bad and then we invest. Yeah. How do we actually notice those things ahead of time? Yeah, it's the concept of um, places that are frequently hit with hurricanes. What if we invested heavily in infrastructure long before the storm was forecasted, as opposed to sending millions of dollars after the storm is hit? Yeah. No one would. No one is going to uh, say, "Hey, I have a semi of water just in case a hurricane hurricane comes sometime." Yeah. Uh, we would view that as a poor investment. But it's it's not in people, mm-hmm. and so just to wrestle with that, I uh, it, being a Christian and being helpful can very quickly become about uh, yeah being like it's like our own insecurities. How can I know that I'm doing something good? Well, it's good if somebody is about to die, and all of a sudden I save them. You seem to sing them. I can be your hero, baby. Yeah. I kiss away the pain. <laughs> I'm a huge Enrique Iglesias fan. You're also a huge Scott Stapp fan. <laughs> well, anyway, the last one is together. And Greg always gives me a hard time. And it's as predicted. I, I'm, I love Paul's repeated illustration of the body of Christ. And, I mean, I could talk about it every day. But this idea that there is no part of a body that is can exist on its own is truly key and uh, in the same way no part is is more needed or less needed it's it's all together and i i have had many times where i've thought i've got to do this alone and i can't that's painful or um here here's a moment when I could really, I have identified a lot of things that I could use help with, and then there's no one there, or I don't feel like there's anyone to ask. Or I feel like I have a bunch of things that I have to offer to somebody else, and then it seems like, well, that was poorly timed. I guess no one no one needs me. Like, these are all eh, just weird internal things, but I, I these, these are the, this big three of the challenges, I, um, again, of being an isolated follower of Christ, whatever it is. I want to be enough on my own. This is the American dream. Uh, If someone needs me, I'm opening myself up for failure. So meaning that somebody needs me and I fail them, then I'm a failure. If I need someone else, I'm opening myself up for disappointment. These three things are enough to say, you know what? Doing things together is never an option. And, uh, um, but if I'm incomplete and others are incomplete without me and me without them, it's got to push us to do things together. Anyway, I, I just share all these things. My my hope this week is not to say, here's our vision, people. Get in line. Get the tattoo or the T-shirt or whatever, depending on your commitment. But I hope that our mission vision, the thing that would be confining, but also vision directing, would open the door as opposed to just slam the door. And uh, I hope I would give more direction to that, but I'm just going to end with a, how do you move from want to, to actually doing something when it comes to local and early and together. That's good. It's perfect.
Although to mention, we will have our local early together stickers available in the store. Yes. <laughs> Today, this is uh, Arby's. We did a presentation in the social media breakfast, and Arby's did real tattoos in Los Angeles. Arby's tattoos for free. They had the like the best tattoo artist in Los Angeles, and they gave like five hundred tattoos. I would not sign up. That seems terrible. No. Like someone would have to pay me to get an Arby's tattoo. Yeah. I'm not going to do it for free. They did it for free. Yeah. Come on. What are people doing? Why? That's the thing. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, guys, if you liked this mess of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get better, I promise. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I guess keep listening because we're going to try this out for a while. See, uh. See if it's helpful. The goal of this is really just to be helpful for people. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the churches I grew up, a pastor's message was some sacred thing that was handed down from God. And then he it was perfect and handed it to him. And uh, if this podcast can help a little bit in breaking down that reality that uh, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's the process of faith. Uh, I think this is good and helpful. So yeah, that's all I got. Period. Period.